everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Block Podcast. We are joined today by Amanda, who will speak to you guys a little bit about how to write a better uh, description for yourself. So maybe you'll find uh, it'll be a bit easier for you guys to get hired. Uh, So Mm -hmm. yeah, Rachel and Amanda, kick us off. Yeah, so I was just going to introduce Amanda. She's more, you're more of a resume coach and a career coach right now. So you're always welcome. We'll leave her stuff in the description so you can kind of reach out to her if you have any questions. So I guess the first question that I had or what are the most common mistakes you see in people's resumes or like in or on them? Because I know from looking at people's descriptions, they're not always the best, strongest resumes. Uh, I think the most common mistakes right off the jump is trying to make a longer resume, trying to make a longer bibliography, a longer description than it needs to be. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of the times when I come across resumes, they will be two, three, four pages long with like six six point paragraphs explaining them and it's it's just not necessary. Uh, Something I learned very early is that a recruiter or a job will only look at your first page. So you want to condense everything onto one page that's the most relevant and necessary for this job, but putting six pages is not going to give the impression to the employer that you're extra qualified just because it's a longer resume. It's actually going to have the opposite effect and they will notice that you don't know how to edit, you don't know how to see what's relevant to what you're applying, you're putting in unnecessary things. So that would be probably my first uh, my first hot take when it came to in terms of application. The second thing I see the most common is adjectives. So either people creating a section in their resume that they put adjectives to describe themselves, so hardworking, organized, good spirited. I've seen happy. I've seen uh, not someone who cries often. Like I've seen it all. Uh, And it's again, it's kind of that editing that's really important. There's a way to incorporate those adjectives in your description throughout your work history, but to just put a section in trying to describe yourself and your emotions or your mentality, it comes off as very unprofessional. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the second question that I had is I know when I was in high school, I found it hard to write a job, uh, like to write a resume or at least write an experience page because I just didn't have a lot of experience and I know a lot of employers, like, so how do you kind of spin off other experiences you have, whether they're volunteer or whether you're in clubs to make it sound like you're, you're more, I don't know, approachable for the job and more experienced than you actually are with zero work experience or little work experience? So there's there's kind of two parts to that question. In terms of a written resume, mm-hmm. how to spin either little job experience or no job experience and make it sound like you're still qualified for the position. Um, and then the second part is really how to present that to an employer because the resume is going to be usually briefed over very quickly by either HR, um, the manager mm-hmm. of the team, the CEO of the store, whatever it is. And they'll look at keywords that they like, and then they'll bring you into the interview, and then they'll really look at your resume and start picking it apart with you there. Um, So in terms of spinning it to make it sound either that you're more qualified for the position, or even though you lack experience, you can still 
have the confidence to do the job is all in word choice. So for example, if someone was to say, I was a cashier for a movie theater, saying you're a cashier is the title of your job, but being able to write that you were in charge of accounts receivable, which is just the cashier job. It's just a fancier way to say it. Or saying that you had um, customer uh, service relations. It's just saying that you were nice to your customers. Like there's always, a way to write it that makes it sound like, oh. But then when you get in the interview, it's using that same terminology to explain, even if it's the most basic position. So I had excellent customer service skills. Um, I was able to do accounts receivable or uh, work on the POS system as easy as possible. And basically those are big fancy sentences to say I was a cashier and no client ever yelled at me. Yeah. So it's more like the way that you're wording your resumes than your bios and then how you take that like and apply that in an interview to yeah. make you sound better than you are. Because you I can guess. go I guess. and pay whatever type of website to create a resume for you and they will use big words and they will uh-huh. use um, key features and things like that. What I focus mm-hmm. a lot more on is doing run through interviews. So having someone try and be as authentic as they can either through zoom in person on phone and then have a coach tell them like hey you're not holding eye contact hey that may have been try to reword that question a little bit different because you don't no one gets that like if you actually think about it has your parents or your guardians or your 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 partners ever sat down with you and been like this is how you interview this is how you present yourself it's not something we're taught um and it becomes really obvious. Uh, I've been the interviewer and the interviewee. So how you, how you do an interview is really, really important because you don't need experience. You don't need qualifications. If you can wow them at your interview, they will invest and train you. Anyone can be trained for anything. What it, what's the best way to, uh, to get okay, this experience, cool. would you say, for an interview? So you can really wow them at an interview. Because for, I feel like for a lot of these people uh, on this app, they're pretty young and they probably don't have much experience, especially with interviews. So they're really lacking that. What is the best way for them to really wow someone when they are there for, the, for that interview? And, ha- and how do you really get them to, to how, do you, how do you become like, how do you get them to like that you to, uh, and to want to hire you? I think sometimes, especially when you're in high school and you're going into, you know, trying to find your first job or you're trying to get into your first career, things like that, there's a lot of misconception that the person hiring you holds all the power in the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, it's not the case. Uh, they're relying on what you're going to say. They're bouncing off of your feedback. They may seem intimidating because they would be your employer. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go in with the mindset that, they are actively looking to fill this position. Mm -hmm. They're actively looking to invest money into someone. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is convince them that you are worth it. You are worth that investment. And then the power dynamic shifts. So you start to feel a little bit more relaxed. You don't realize like, oh my God, oh my God, what if she's thinking about me? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a, it's a, it's a, two-part thing. So you need a, a, a solid resume to get in the door, but it's really the interview that gets you the job. Mm. 
I'm guessing it's also, uh, it's very much of a mindset thing. Because I remember when I went like for my first interview, uh, I went, uh, my first interview at McDonald's, I was so nervous. I was shaking. I was, I was very young, but I was, I was so nervous. I was shaking. I was this, I was that. I did get the job, but maybe I shouldn't have because I didn't interview very well. But I remember um, for the last job I interviewed, I came in quite confident. I, I told myself, I'll get it. I'll get it. I don't, I don't, uh, whatever. But I just, I just came in and I felt confident. I felt like the boss. I felt like the man, mm -hmm. you know, you, and, and then, and then I really did uh, notice you're right. The whole shift where it's not just them interviewing you. It's, it's more, it's honestly more of a conversation and they're mm -hmm. also interested in you and just want to learn a bit more about you. And um, it's, at it's the, yeah. It's scary. It's definitely scary. Mm -hmm. Like you said, at 16 to go into an interview with an adult in a clock in, in an office with this like mentality of like, oh my God, if I don't get a job, I'm not going to get a paycheck. I'm not going to be able to afford this. Like it, it's yeah. very easy to fall into that mindset of like, I'm not good enough. So then you freak yourself out for the interview and then your interview goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 You just got to play it cool, I guess. But it's a lot harder said than done because That's a lot true. of people. That's true um have tendencies that maybe they're not aware of either physically um like fidgeting eye contact word choice um posture um something i offer is what i call my interview checklist so it's making sure uh certain things that you should bring to the interview certain things that you should do in an interview how to prepare for an interview what to wear what not to wear um, mm. because again no one teaches you this no one yeah. teaches you mm. like the basics and I've seen teenagers come up to me and be like, I really want this job, but I don't know how to make a first impression. And the first thing I'll say to them is, don't wear a crop top to the interview. <laughs> and it yeah. seems like basic knowledge because we're older, but mm -hmm. it's not. Because yeah. if that's the fashion, you say, well, I want to look good and this makes me feel good. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. Interesting. So when it comes to interviews, I know like something, I don't know if you've ever been on those TikToks where they like tell you how to interview. A lot of people are now talking about like, make sure to ask your employer questions mm -hmm. too. And like, ask them questions so they know you're interested. Like, what is your take on that? And like, what's one or two questions that you, I guess, let's say if you're, if you're going in for an interview to be someone's tutor like what is the question that you would ask the parent after they've been they've finished interviewing you um definitely i agree with the TikToks of like you need to ask your employers when they ask you at the end of the interview whether it's on the phone zoom or in person do you have any questions saying no i don't have any questions or it all sounds good doesn't give the same effect as i think most people believe it does it's giving actually a negative connotation to the in the interviewer to kind of be like okay we spoke for an hour and you don't have any comments questions concerns you don't mm -hmm. have anything to to that you're curious about either the company myself the position it really it really kind of that puts a nail in the coffin but you you won't stand out mm -hmm. does it make you seem like you're uninterested in the job almost not that you're uninterested, either you're not prepared, because there's a okay. good way to say that the people who ask questions at the end of an interview are usually the most prepared. Um, and it also shows not that you're not interested or, but more in the sense of, 
you don't know how to take it to the next step. So okay. the employer presented you the position, you did the interview, there was a lot of back and forth, and now they're kind of putting it in your hands and asking you to take this interview one step further, to turn to now be the interviewer and ask the employer questions that you would want to know coming on to that position. Will the employer always be telling the truth? Absolutely not. There are a lot of interviews I've done where I'm like, what's the turnover rate? And they're like, it's nothing. And then I work there for a year and half the staff quits. Like they won't always say the truth, but it really is that like last cherry on top. Okay. So yeah, like- one of, uh, one of my friends actually, he told me, uh, he does a bunch of interviews. He, um, for co-ops from his uh, university. And he uh, tells, tells me what he does is he, so he preps for the interview, right? But he also, before the interview, he'll do like an hour worth of research into the company and into the role and just, you know, try to find, even even like he'll write like a list of questions mm -hmm. and, uh, and just, you know, he'll, uh, some of them will be answered in the interview and whatever isn't. Um, ask afterwards, you know, to have that question. But uh, yeah, he said, all you have to do is just a bit of research into, into the thing you're applying for, whether it's, you know, a job or something like tutoring and just, just have something prepared that way. With yeah, research. it doesn't have to be a, you know, a 10 page dissertation on what the company does, what these positions do, but going on the website before the interview, reading maybe some articles, if you see them in the news, keywords, key concepts, because especially as you start to climb the business ladder, the first question out of any, any interviewer's mouth is going to be, have you heard of us before? Do you know what this company is? Why did you apply for this position? Like those are the three most common ones. And those are the ones that set the tone for the interview. So if you have no research done, or if you say, I really don't know what you did, or, you know, I've never heard of you. Well, again, it's, it's, it's setting a tone. Mm -hmm. So going back so we can make it kind of relatable for people who are using the app, because I guess they're like their interviewer is going to be somebody from the local community because mm -hmm. most of the time they don't want random people coming in uh, tutor their kids or babysit their kids. So what would their like version of research be or like what is their like kind of final question that it could be whether that's a tutor or babysitter or I don't know. Um, let's take the tutor, for example. So okay. if someone was going for a tutoring position and um, the interview is done, the parents has asked all the questions and they asked mm -hmm. you now, do you have any questions? If you can't do research because it's not a company, you could look into what would be a qualified tutor. You can Google that. Like it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. some extensive research. What makes a good tutor? What um, what are qualities people look for in a tutor? Like this is all very Googleable. And then the questions you would return back to them are uh, off the top of my head. Does the the child in question have the conflicting schedule? Is there um, any learning disabilities that I should be aware of? Is there, um, is the course load gonna change? Like it has nothing really to do because there's no company, but you're asking about the child that you will be tutoring. So it shows you're interested in learning more about the type of kid. 
because mm -hmm. to say you can tutor everyone is not necessary. If they have a conflicting schedule, like, is it going to be once a week? Does it change? Do they have soccer practice? Do they have, you know, band? Um, like showing interest in the child yeah. as well. So yeah. it seems like you're not only there, like, to focus on, okay, here's the answer for this question, but you want to make a deeper connection kind of thing, I guess? Exactly. What you're saying? The best the best question I would do in a, in a service position like babysitting or, or tutoring would be, what is the goal you are looking to receive? Ask the parents, are you looking for your kids to get straight A's? Are you looking for your kids just to pass? Are you looking for them just to understand a concept? Because a tutor is a really vague term. So yeah. by being able to really put the ball in the parents court and be like hey i know you want to hire a tutor you want to help your kid academically but what is the goal what is yeah. the purpose okay but yeah i think that makes sense i think that should be really helpful for a lot of people i like and then, yeah i like the whole idea of asking them what their goal is i feel like that's a that's very important and that doesn't get asked often no. enough even i think yeah. i think in a in a normal job interview that should also mm -hmm. be asked what is your goal it's a very uh, strong question. What are you, yeah. what are you searching for to fill this position? What type mm -hmm. of person are you looking for to add to your company? Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't, that's, but it's intimidating to ask those questions if you never learned how to interview, which is where mm -hmm. I come in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I was going to say, so like, what would an ideal resume have in it? Kind of. Um, or like, what are the headers that you recommend your clients to have? The first thing I would say is get a professional email. A professional email is your name. That's it. At Gmail, at Hotmail, at whatever kind of thing you want to do. But it's just your full name. Don't put any sexy booty girl 002 or thug <laughs> boy 101. I have to change mine then. I had to do it too. <laughs> use your, don't use your academic one. Okay. Use a professional email. Um, and have should that it, a running theme. So should it be like, like, could it be like, should it be like Adar the babysitter or just like, or just yeah. the person's name? Um, depends on the type of interview, like the job you're going for. If you are going mm -hmm. for a tutoring job and you want to break into the tutoring field and just focus on tutoring, get lots of client tutoring. Yeah. To have an email that says like amanda.tutoring in Montreal.ca can mm -hmm. seem, can actually say a lot it's, it looks like yeah. oh maybe amanda's been doing this for years that she has her own interview like mm -hmm. it's little details like that yeah. that employers really pick up on um the second thing when it comes to headers work experience um if you have any type of volunteer work that's mm -hmm. really necessary um references and if you don't have references that's fine yeah. Um, usually for lower jobs like tutoring or babysitting, they won't, maybe babysitting, uh, they won't ask for references. So to put uh, references upon request can start a conversation. Um, things I would not include on a resume, like I said, are adjectives to describe yourself or um, long, long descriptions of job positions. You know, like you were saying that one time my grandmother left me in charge of this girl and now I babysit her and it, like, no, like no one cares. No one's going to read it. No one cares. Yeah. Yeah. It's, because, it's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. 
because most of these kids uh, on this app, on oh, our education, app, sorry. yeah, most of the kids on our app, um, yeah, they're, they, I, they, we give them like a little box to write their experience in it. Um, but I don't know. Like is there, max, I was yeah. going to say like max 150 words kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think most of them just don't know what to write. We, like we give a few examples, but um, I don't know what, like if, if you were a, a, a tutor in your area and, and you were, I don't know, let's say in university, you had like, what, what would you put in it? What would, like you would put mm -hmm. your experience, but what, is there anything else that you would put in to get people's attention or would you just mainly focus on your experience or would you talk about, oh, by the way, I also have volunteering experience or is there Depends anything- Depends on the type of resume. Are you, are you a person who has no work experience but you have a lot of extracurricular activities? Are you someone who does a lot of volunteer work but has no work experience? Are you someone who did certification? Like, it really oh, depends okay. on how you can do it, um, but mm -hmm. every way is possible. Even if you have no experience, no volunteer work, and you're just like a high school student because what a resume is, if you wanna think of it in the most like blatant terms, it's a receipt. Mm -hmm. You are mm -hmm. the item they're trying to purchase and this is a receipt as to what it is. It's a description mm -hmm. of the item they're trying to purchase because a salary is your sales tax. Like it's very simple, like it's an exchange like that. So if I am just a high school student and I have no work experience, but I was vice president on student council. I implemented an anti-racial uh, racial thing at my school. And even nothing big like that, it could be, I volunteered to help carry the water for my school's hockey team. Shows I took initiative and I'm willing to participate in things that I have no knowledge in, but to learn. Like you can spin everything, everything. Yeah. Okay. And now yeah. let's say, uh, oh, sorry, Rachel. No, you can go. Okay. Now let's say they're, they're having a hard time of, of like, like they, they have experience and they have this stuff, but they're having a hard time basically getting it down, writing a nice, a well-built sentence, you know, because I could just say, oh, I have experience in tutoring kids ages, blah, to blah. Like, mm -hmm. how do they, how do they really juice that? You know what I mean? Like, how do they really, you know, get that wording that, that like, it sounds good, it looks good, and it's more than just, I did so, 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 and so. The mm -hmm. honest answer is because it's not a skill that comes easy, there are mm -hmm. ways to approach it that you can do the best you can, but if you do want that extra oomph, either you can pay to have someone do your resume on one of those websites, and they'll put in all those fancy words, but again, if you do that route, and when you get to the interview, they're going to ask you thinking that these are your words. Mm -hmm. So if you start putting all these big yeah. sentences and claims and all this stuff because uh, a resume builder made it, you have to be able to back it up. Um, on the other hand, if they are having trouble just writing, starting the process of creating a resume, I would tell them to write down all the experience that they have and then anything they were successful in, in the past 10 years. Oh. And that's a hard thing to ask someone to do because sometimes there's a lot of successes we do and we don't bring attention to it. Um, as simple as, um, I don't know, getting good, like being on the honor roll. We just go, oh, I just got 80% average. It is what it is. 
I'm on the honor roll. But that shows consistency in work ethic. That shows consistency academically. Mm. So to like my first thing to do for them would to be like make a list of all your experiences and then make a list of all your successes. Okay. And then you could then you have a lot to work on because you're like, oh my God, I do have yeah. a lot of successes. Wow, I never, I never came to sick, I never missed a day of school. I never had a sick day. Oh yeah. That's a success. Yeah. 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 And, and then I guess work on those each one, take yeah. one by one. Because then it's really easy to fill in the blanks to turn it around, but to get the content mm -hmm. out of what you think is nothing is hard. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I, especially, um, I have a client who is trying to be a teacher and she has a lot of experience, but the experience, there's no successes. So on her receipt of who she is, it's just a breakdown of each of the items. There's nothing to be like, this is the top of the line, Jordan. It's just, these are Jordans mm -hmm. or it's, 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 yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, definitely. No, that, makes that makes sense. Yeah. Would you also say that in a job when you're writing your resume after updating your LinkedIn, kind of talking about what successes you had in that job? That absolutely, be absolutely. And successes doesn't need to be you were the top salesman, you were the top boss. Um, I had a client who told me that the most successful thing she did in her last employment is she put in an anti-racial workshop. Not that she sat the whole company down and really talked about it. She just put uh, different cultures, religions and different cultures, religions and ethnicities on a giant calendar in the cafeteria so that everyone is aware, oh, it's Ramadan, oh, it's Hanukkah, or it's Christmas. It wasn't part of her job description. It had nothing to do with her position but it made an impact on the company in a positive way. So that is a success. Yeah. Wow, interesting. So it can just be like small things that you didn't even think about. Kind That's of. what I'm saying, to, to pinpoint mm -hmm. your successes, especially in the generation that is coming up in our generation, um, because there's a lot of prevalence on mental illness, sometimes it's hard to recognize, wow, I'm an incredible person. Wow, I did these things. Because you mm -hmm. think they're nothing. Yeah, that's true. So all in all for like making a resume and making a strong bio, you'd say start by brainstorming. Don't like overwhelm yourself with the writing process and then really like pinpoint and pick like which success matches the job description mm -hmm. and which one my employer will like. And then kind of like mushing mm -hmm. that in with like some good language that's your own and not the computer's. Exactly. It's a very simple mathematic equation of research on the position or the industry, realizing your successes and how you can bring it to the table to make it connect, adding fancy words. Yeah. And if somebody's having a hard time, that's where you come in. Yeah. Especially with interviews. Um, CVs, like I said, you can go on Google and put up a CV builder. Um, mm -hmm. Interviews is really my my thing, but I do do CV and uh, cover letter editing or recon or construction. Um, mm -hmm. But especially for people coming out of high school, learning how to interview can get you to go into a position for let's say cashier, and leave with the assistant manager job. Yeah, that's totally true. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that like 
We always finish. I, Adar, do you have any more questions? No, no, that's it. That was perfect. You answered all my okay. questions. <laughs> I was going to say like my last question was, what was your first resume like? And then I guess like all of us can kind of go through like, mm -hmm. what was your first resume like? And then what do you look back on it now and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I actually put that in there. Every mistake that I, I, I've said, others have done, I've done. My email was okay. babymandy <laughs> at gmail.com. I was 18. I should not have used that. My resume was three pages with descriptions for each job position being like two paragraphs. Um, I was putting information that wasn't relevant to anything, uh, like expired certifications, <laughs> thing I was a lifeguard in 2016 and that the certification technically exists but it's not qualified anymore yeah spelling errors oh I've done it all yeah. I've gone to interviews where they're like have you heard of this job or this company I've been like no <laughs> I've, I've done all the mistakes that's how you learn yeah, yeah I, now, what, wow. what about you Adar what have you uh I don't know yeah I think the exact the exact same thing you just said, Amanda. Just useless information. It's way too long, and yeah, I, I also have I also still have expired uh, stuff like like scuba. I did a scuba yeah. diving course in like 2007 when I was five, and it's like still on there, and it's yeah, just like weird stuff like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I guess we all make the same mistakes then. And that's kind of why I've started doing what I'm doing because to avoid these people to go through the same mistakes we've probably made um, mm -hmm. to get the job sooner, to get mm -hmm. the jobs earlier or younger, to stop, um, you know, making those mistakes and only learning from the mistakes. And to give them that confidence as well that, um, yeah. that I think is so important and is a, is it plays a big factor in the... Uh, in the once you do one good interview, once you start getting it, you'll start going into positions, being able to feel more confident to negotiate uh, pay raises. Um, you'll be aware. I give information on red flags to look out for in interviews um, from the from the, the interviewer's point of view. So uh, if you're being interviewed and your employer says something like, are you OK with uh, banked vacation hours? And you don't know what that is because you're 16. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the red flag. But you don't know mm -hmm. that it's 16. You're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, mm -hmm. banked hours, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's that totally makes sense, honestly. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, I honestly don't have any more questions for you unless Adar, you do. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I think I think you I covered was, everything. That was great. Yeah, I was gonna say, Amanda, do you kind of want to talk a little bit about? what you do kind of or like how like um in terms of like art I guess a lot of people we work with are in Calgary but we're also starting to move across Canada and slowly hopefully the states but do you want to explain like do you do them over zoom can you meet in person like what packages do you kind of offer so everything is very much a la carte you can pick the services that I offer um, just by communicating with me. And even if it's something I haven't listed as an, a service, but I feel like I can help you and I will help you in. Um, like mm -hmm. I said, my specialty is in interviews. I can do them through, we can do Zoom interviews. We can do all over the phone interviews. We can do um, in-person interviews. Uh, 
to really walk you through how to present yourself, what to ask, what to say, how to answer questions, um, how to use voice inflection, how to be an active listener, what's your posture saying about you. These are things that they don't come to sense. Um, I offer as well as, like I said, CV reconstruction or uh, cover letter building. Um, I don't really push that part of my, my business just because, like I said, you can get, a, you can pay $40 to get Google to do it for you mm -hmm. to make resume. Um, but I will always look over. I have a couple clients in the States, so it doesn't really matter the location um, because the skills that I'm going to be teaching you are relevant to any position anywhere you are. Um, yeah, kind of. Where, where can the people find you? Do you have an email, a Facebook page, or this or that? Uh, so, oh, yeah, my email is Amanda Rochelle Cohen at gmail.com, mm -hmm, just my name. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can find me also on Instagram at Amanda R. Cohen. Very simple. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have official business, uh, I guess, logo or title yet. <laughs> relatively still a startup, but, yeah. uh, you know, being active for only, I think, a month now or something like that. I already have uh -huh. 20 clients. That's, oh, that's wow. pretty significant. Okay, that's really yeah, impressive. Yeah, that's pretty actually. good. Yeah, because yeah, it's a need. It's it's people realizing, like, yeah. oh, shit, I'm 25 and I have no idea how to uh -huh. ask yeah. for more money or, oh, my God what do mm -hmm. I wear to this interview? Like it's, it's really not common. Mm -hmm. No, clearly mm -hmm. there's a need like 20 clients is pretty good. That's really that good. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Good. And always taking more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on this podcast and uh, thank you for having me and being with us and, and talking to us about all this. I hope I th really think this this helped me a lot, and I think it helped Rachel. And I, I think I hope really I hope it'll do. help our uh, audience. And uh, that's been episode number four. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much.